Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic, overseeing our toxic phase one and Cleveland Clinic sarcoma programs. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Dr. Arun Singh, Director of the Department of Ophthalmic Oncology here at Cleveland Clinic. He's here today to talk to us about metastases to the eye. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So remind us again um, a little bit about your role here at Cleveland Clinic. Well, I run the Ophthalmic Oncology Service. It's a unique kind of practice limited to tumors and tumor-related conditions of the eye. Uh, most of them are primary tumors, but of course, we see secondary tumors and metastasis, conjunctiva, eyelid, orbit, uvia, retina, children, adults, all kinds. Excellent. So we're going to f- talk about metastases to the eye. So um, we have a, a number of people that might be listening in different backgrounds. Tell us a little bit about how common is, is metastasis of cancers to the eye? Well, I would say overall they are uncommon, but they do happen. Again, nowadays... Patients are living longer, even when they get diagnosed with cancer, and they're trying multiple therapies, first line, second line. And as they go through multiple lines of therapy, uh, they're also more likely to get mets in other places. And therefore, if you live long with a cancer, you will get met. And then some of them also happen in the eye. So I would say overall, it's a rising incidence, but we don't have any hard numbers. So it's sort of similar to how we've seen an increase in brain metastases and things like that. I would say it will mimic that to some extent, yeah. Yeah. So when we think about metastasis of the eye, tell us a little bit about um, where that typically occurs. The eye is a kind of a complex structure. I think most people just see it as, you know, who are not in ophthalmology to say the eye. But tell us a little bit more detail about what usually happens with eye metastasis. So you can think about the eyeball and the socket or the orbit around it. And I would say most common site is the globe itself or the inside the eye, the lining of the eye, I would say uvea. Uvea layer of the eye is the most common site. Retina and the vitreous inside are rare. And the second most common site would be the orbit. We can have orbital muscles, orbital space, orbital bones, and they all can get met, lacrimal gland, for example. So nothing is spared. Um, but most common in the eyeball itself. And so when we think about um, eye metastases, what types of cancers do you see being most common that you see in your practice? Who, who's most likely to show up in your, in your clinic? So to some extent, it mimics the frequency of cancers in general population. We say most common cancers are breast cancer, lung cancer. So those are the ones that we see the most. Then uh, also really colon can- cancers from the GI. A rare would be skin melanoma, for example. Those really typically don't come to the eye. But most uncommon would be sarcomas. So sarcomas very rare in the eye. Mostly carcinomas, which are epithelial tumors, and among them, adenocarcinomas more than squamous carcinomas. Gotcha. It depends upon the type of cancer. But if you look, go by the site, a breast, lung, colon, prostate, skin will be the top ones. And so what would be the, the most common symptom that would uh, lead someone to show up in clinic with a concern about eye metastasis? Well, there's no specific symptom as such that, you know, you have this and therefore you have a med. It's just non-specific. Usually it'll be visual, 
some kind of visual distortion, shadow in the vision, or just loss of vision. And that's when it's in the eye itself. And when it's in the orbit, then you can have things like double vision or difficulty in moving the eye, or the eye is more prominent along those, those lines. And rarely it can mimic an inflammation. Uh, the eye is red, painful, and not responding to the treatment. And then you find that is a metastasis that's masquerading uh, like an inflammation. Well, I guess that becomes confusing sometimes because some of our therapies will cause blurry vision or they'll cause changes in visual acuity or even some of our targeted therapies will cause distortion in vision. At what point should oncologists be considering having someone seen by an ophthalmologist? I think if the patient is aware enough to complain, uh, should be examined, like you said, rightly said, some of them are drug-induced minor, okay? And some of them are can be more significant, like retinopathies with the new targeted drugs, but they can be significant. But uveitis or inflammation that we see with immune therapies can be blinding. And in such cases, you have to either cut down the dose of the immune therapy or hold back certain cycles or cover with steroids or just change or find an alternative. So those are important um, issues. Uh, one thing is to make the patient live long, but what if they go blind in the process? How is that helping the quality of life? So um, I would say to pay attention. And the other thing very common really is the use of steroids in all of this chemotherapy, steroids are being used in the background to cut the nausea, et cetera. And they can affect, can cause cataracts, they can cause the focusing problems and some dryness issues related to chemotherapy. So some of them can be non-specific. But nevertheless, if patient is complaining, I think they should be checked. So as oncologists, are we paying enough attention to symptoms and are we sending to see you at the proper time? Do you normally see patients coming in later than you would have liked to have seen them? No, uh, they, they come, I think, in the clinic system, we are, people, I think, tuned in. And many times, like you said, they, they just need new glasses or they happen to have a cataract that they didn't realize they had or their diabetes went out of control because of something else. So it's not necessarily all cancer-related, but something else in their therapy has tipped the balance of something or the other. And so when you think about uh, imaging, how, how are these usually diagnosed? And usually by examination. So um, it'll be rare for, to, for some of the meds to show up, say, on the scans, CT scans of the MRI, because the eye is too small for many of these uh, imaging modalities, except the orbit. But in the eyeball itself, we examine them directly with our lenses. We can see the retina. We can see the tumors under the retina. That's the the, the best, the the most sensitive way of, of noticing them. And based on what we find, we order special imaging. We have eye ultrasounds. We have eye OCT. We have other uh, imaging dedicated to the eye, which is kind of magnified and so much better than the the regular MRI, for example. And typically, um, what would be the role of a biopsy to confirm metastasis? So if the patient has a cancer, say a breast cancer, just to talk about it, and as far as the patient is concerned and all the recent testing has indicated, there's no metastasis. She's kind of under control. Breast was the only place and everything else was clear. And then she gets blurred vision. So that is the first time you're trying to say that now she has a metastatic disease. In a case like that, biopsy is is necessary. You have to show the tumor has gone from beyond where it is, at least at least at one site away from the main tumor. If it's a well-known case of metastasis, they have meds in the lung, 
brain, whatever, and they now have blurred vision, then the clinical findings can be corroboratory and you do not need a biopsy for that. So it just depends on the clinical setting. And then from a treatment standpoint, how are these usually treated? So the first line treatment is that uh, we will assess what patient has been on already. And if they're getting meds on the treatment that they're on, obviously they are failing the, the chemotherapy that they're on or immune therapy that they're on. So then the question is of exploring second line treatments or alternatives, which are usually less effective and more toxic. So the likelihood of response also goes down. So based upon patient's overall status and the, the expected lifespan and other things of that nature, uh, we would first work within the spectrum of their primary therapy. And if that's not kind of effective or available or nothing else is possible, then we talk about radiation therapy. And it can be external, like the typical radiation, or it can be more specialized, like brachytherapy. And, and talk to us about, um, if you think about systemic therapies, um, in terms of the eye and access to of systemic therapies to the eye. Tell us a little bit about how effective most of our, our therapies are. That's a very important question, I would say. The circulation of the eye or the metastasis happens mostly in the uveal layer, uh, which has circulation like the rest of the body. So if you have an intravenous chemotherapy, it will get access to the tumor in the choroid or the uvea, for sure. And so it's not restricted by blood-brain barrier as it might be, for example, in the brain. So eye is an extension of the brain, but the uvea has a different circulation. So there is no, no restriction from that perspective. Are there any, um, any new therapies that might be particularly important for eye metastases or anything that's, uh, that looks promising in the future? Or is it really focused primarily on systemic therapies that access the eye? So most of it is systemic therapies because uh, the meds can be multiple and multifocal. So it's not just one area. There could be two or three spots in the right eye, two or three in the left eye. So that makes it a little challenging to go after each little spot. And what, what you're seeing is what you're seeing. There's obviously more than what you're seeing. So we have to keep that in mind as well. But for some particular tumors, uh, such as carcinoid and other tumors for which we don't have good effective chemotherapies, we obviously get into more in terms of laser therapies, special kind of um, treatments, which are laser-based specifically for the eye. And I guess the, the, the question would be, um, these are uncommon. If somebody might be listening out in the community, um, how important is it for them to, to be seen by someone that is more experienced seeing these eye metastases? So I, I tell them it's important that first the diagnosis be established correctly and rapidly without unnecessary and harmful tests. So there's going to be a delay, and that delay obviously doesn't take to a good outcome. And when it comes to chemotherapy, that can be done in community. That's usually not an issue. We always work with the oncologists. We call them, talk to them, and figure all those things out. When it comes to radiation, I encourage them to come to main campus, I have to say, because uh, these are a tissue or organ to be treated, and many oncologists or radiation may not have be familiar with it. So we encourage them to come here for more kind of perhaps a better quality treatment. Excellent. Anything else that you think people need to know about eye metastases? I think in the metastasis business, some of it is palliative, and well, I guess most of it is, and it's all about quality of life. And I would say vision is way up there in quality of life. If you can't see 
what's in front of you, I'm not so sure how meaningful life can be. And I, being an ophthalmologist, maybe I'm biased a bit, but I think this is important. And the other thing, and this is very significant, people may have a tumor in the liver or lung that they don't feel or see. But if the vision is blurry, as long as you're alive and blinking, you are seeing that manifestation of the tumor. There's a constant reminder to you that something is wrong with you. So they somehow disproportionately sometimes fixate on the symptoms, and that's just the way the human psychology is. And we have to kind of be mindful of that or be respectful. And I think it's, I think it's important to, to take care of it. If you think about the quality of life, it's all this business is about. Well, it's, this uh, is a rare but important topic, and I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much for highlighting it. To make a direct online referral to our Tosic Cancer Institute, complete our online cancer patient referral form by visiting clevelandclinic.org slash cancerpatientreferrals. You will receive confirmation once the appointment is scheduled. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash canceradvancespodcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our ConsultQD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon. Thank you.